Good morning, all. The Lord will make a feast for all people and destroy the power of death forever. Good morning again, everybody. I am Darlene Bauer. I'm your liturgist today, joyfully. We are so happy to have our guest speaker here today, Miss Nazish Nazim. How did I do with that? (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Welcome. In the name of our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace, whether we are old or young, whether we are first-time or long-time worshipers, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow. In this place, we are all family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. I would like to extend a special welcome to any visitors in our midst and to those joining us online. We're glad that you have all chosen to worship with us today. And again, this morning we extend a very special welcome to Nazish Nazim, who is guest preaching for us this morning. Again, thank you. For those who are here in person, please join us following the surface for coffee, refreshments, and fellowship right through these doors. And today we have a special celebration. We're celebrating the birthday of Joanne Wagner, her special 90th birthday. I don't think she minds me saying that. And Joanne, you are always special, but today you are extra special. And we'll... We'll um, talk about that a little bit later in the service. As always, there's a lot going on in the life of our congregation. Much of it can be found in the announcement section of your bulletin. Please take time to read that as you have the time. Do we have any announcements? I thought I might want to say one thing about stewardship. Stewardship will be coming up. Uh, The committee team is working on things. And um, in the coming couple of weeks, you will be receiving a mailing on that. So we would appreciate it if you would look for that and ponder that in your hearts. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle, which I will do. I'm always happy when things work. (laughs) Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Share with your neighbors what first comes to mind When you see or hear the word loyalty, what stories in the Bible or someplace else remind you of God's loyalty to people, whether individuals or groups?
Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I invite you to use the image and words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. I like to say the centering words. Will you say them with me, please? Rejoice in the Lord always. God is worthy of our heart's delight. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. God of the exiled, the alien, the stranger, you are our God and we are your people. God of the hungry, the poor, the widowed, you are our God and we are your people. God of the vulnerable, the powerless, the sidelined, you are our God and we are your people. Where you stay, we will stay. Where you go, we will go. For you are our God and we are your people. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 187, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us.
Let us come before the throne of God, the mercy seat, with all of our humanity, open to the peace of promised forgiveness. Let us pray together. <clears throat> Loving God, traveling God, God of all places and all peoples, on this road we meet you and discover you, our traveling companion. Loving God, as we cross borders, as we move from one place to another, from an anxiety to a sorrow, from a celebration to a remembrance, from a memory to a reunion, from a relationship to pain, and from pain to relationship, as we cross borders, may we know love's companionship, the love that travels with us. And as we let go of past places and head for new ones, O oh loving God, may we discover you stepping right alongside us, lifting the burdens with us, letting go of the past with us, reorienting our journey with us. Traveling God, may we continually discover the breadth of your love, the diversity of your community, as we pick up and walk alongside others who seek also in the search for renewal, who long for forgiveness and wish to reorient and realign themselves with your love, your righteousness, your kingdom. So hear our prayer, love that journeys with us and never lets go, never lets us go, who dares to cross borders and find itself in unexpected places, who seeks the good of others and finds in the journey together a richer blessing for all. Loving God, go with us to where neither of us know we go and be our companion always in every step we take. Amen. Friends, Keep your hearts and minds focused on things that are excellent and admirable. God will surely bless you with a peace that passes all understanding. Let us share signs of this peace with one another. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us pray. As we listen for your word, O oh God, may our thoughts linger on what is honorable and true, just and pure, pleasing and commendable, excellent and worthy of praise. Amen. When I received the email from Pastor Kyle this past week of my liturgist duties. I was very excited when I saw that the Psalter lesson was Psalm 23 because when I was a little girl a hundred years ago, 
of course, I had to memorize this. And I thought, oh, I know this. I'm going to be able to say this without looking. Then I read through it and realized, okay, this is from the Common English Bible. This is not what I know, but I will still read it. I will have to look at the words. (laughs) Our Psalter lesson is Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. And this translation is from the Common English Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. God lets me rest in grassy meadows. God leads me to restful waters. God keeps me alive. God guides me in proper paths for the sake of the Lord's good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You set a table for me right in front of my enemies. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full it spills over. Yes, goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing together our next hymn number 801, The Lord's My Shepherd, I'll Not Want.
Our Old Testament reading is from Ruth chapter 1, verse 1 to 17. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Melon and Kellen. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Amalek and Naomi's now Amalek, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Melon and Kellen also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of an other husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have an other husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At, the, at this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. 
Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Response to the, to the reading of scripture. God, we thank you for your word. Yes, the story of his grace. And I am thankful to God and good morning for God's grace that I am here today and when we were listening to Psalm 23, and even I was paying attention to call to worship and, and the confession, I was like thinking about myself. And it's not about me today. It's about God and this lady Ruth and then us. The reason I said it's not about me, but still it's a little bit about me, I'm happy to, to know the difference and to recognize being a brown person coming all along from the Pakistan and finding a refuge in this place where I never thought to be. So I am grateful to God's grace to be here uh, with this congregation and Reverend Carl and the congregation and moreover, our session to giving me opportunity to be here with you and, and share and learn the word of God with you. In, in culture where I am from Pakistan, raised there and studied there, I witnessed a remarriage of a widow in, in the same family or the older, with the, with the older or a younger brother of the widow's husband, which I don't think that I experienced in 13 years here or witnessed at least. But this is very common uh, back in Pakistan and if I am not wrong, even in these days. And if I say not just in Pakistan, but a lot of um, South, South Asian countries. And the thought behind that is to carry the name of that husband. Or the family's name. And in Ruth's story... We know she is a woman of great characters. And um, when Pastor Carl was asking me to pick a theme from common liturgy that we are following in these days, and he gave me the choice of, oh, or you have any other thought or 
veer ever from the Bible? And I said, no, uh, let me stick to the liturgy. And uh, somehow it is, um, it's not printed in the bulletin, but we are here and we are here to learn. Today's theme is the selfless love of Ruth towards Naomi and to her family or let's say her characteristics. And she is a woman of great character who embodies many positive qualities. She is known for her faithfulness and any other thought comes in your mind. It's not a test. Anybody people online want to say anything? She's loyal. Loyal? Yes. Thank you. She was faithful. She was loyal. Committed. Virtue and love. Or you can dig down so many things. And positivity in her character and and use other words to describe her personality. And the characteristics of Ruth in the Bible also include being a hard worker. When she came back with her uh, mother-in-law, Naomi, she was working in the field. Thank you for, for saying that. That it means that we know that, and this is more kind of a, um, refreshing for our knowledge. When Darlene was saying about Psalm 23, I think this is a global thing. That in a child, in a Sunday school, you remember that. And I was kind of um, rem- saying that in Urdu, because that's what I learned. So she was a hard worker and an example of goodness and someone worth following. And you know what? I was also thinking that I had an honor to officiate my sister's wedding two years ago. And that was the topic uh, wherever you go. And I was like thinking, oh boy, in, in prejudice uh, and male-dominant country, how I can make it for both of them. Not just for, for the bride, but for the groom as well. If we look at the background and if we go just look at the back of this text, can, or if I ask you, do you remember how many books are named on on women name in the Bible? Huh? Two. Yes. Esther and Ruth. And two big books in the Bible named after women, Esther and Ruth. But what is the difference between or comparison if we say that? That the Astor 
a Jewish who married a Gentile husband, and Ruth, a Gentile who married a Hebrew husband. So that happened, mixed marriages used to happen in, in biblical era. It is happening in our culture. Well, if I say <laughs> back in Pakistan, ah, that, that's a trouble. That's a trouble for a lot of Christian young ladies or women if they choose to marry, choose to marry a non-Christian, then they are disconnected to their family for, for their whole life. And in comparison, she has to convert to Islam and then if a man wants to get married in a different religion, he don't have to, or he not have to, that's the wrong English, he is not going to change because there is no way. So let's come back to Ruth and her characters, her character that we know, we heard from from the Ruth Old Testament that in the days when the judges ruled there was a famine and this family a family of four people at that time choose to migrate or move to a different place to Moab now we can think of why Moab, but let's not go to, to those questions, but let's see what we can take from that story, being a man and a woman and being a congregation today. We know that Naomi and her husband and two sons, four people, migrated to the foreign land due to famine in their own homeland. The decision to flee and to find a respite and food and a place to live, it was more The dominant biblical tradition regarding to, to these people, Moabites, despite them a shameful, bleak, and dangerous. And we see that Naomi's two sons, they got married there and then Naomi, she lost her husband, and then she lost her sons. And now in the household, there are only three women. We don't know how long the famine was, but when Naomi heard that, oh, it is, it's better back home, 
she decided to bring her daughter-in-laws with her and also gave them a choice to go back to their mother's home. Today, while we are focusing on selfless love of Ruth and her characteristics or qualities, let's not forget about Naomi. The aspect of her character is that she was so generous to her daughter-in-laws. I mean, we can think of that or if we want to think of loose hoops over here or loose loops or something if we are nitpicker and we can say, oh, or probably she was worried or concerned about how she going to take care of, of two of them and herself, then I think it's quite reasonable. But at the same time, I mean, and it's being very realistic. But at the same time, this is how I view that she was so generous with her goals. We think of that the qualities of Ruth, that she was faithful, she was loyal, she was committed, and hard worker, and kind. And also, she was faithful to Naomi and to the God. I'm sorry, I'm just going to check. Is that everything okay with you, ma'am? That she was not just faithful to Naomi, her mother-in-law, but she was faithful to her God. I mean, Bible doesn't talk about that, but I'm just curious. Did how she became or the, her process of being faithful to, to Jew God. It's Bible doesn't talk about that, but I'm just saying that aloud with you today, possibly that she was impressed or she learned about Naomi and, and her husbands, their husbands, and their father-in-law and their commitment to God or this, this family portrayed the picture of God to them. And these are just assumptions. So don't, don't quote me for that. <laughs> or in the session, me, uh, session when you will have a feedback, oh, Reverend Coyle, now, she was, she was making stories. Nazi was making stories. These are the assumptions, but this is what I am thinking. So in this regarding, Ruth makes a stunning pledge 
to link her life to Naomi and, and to Naomi's homeland, her people and her God. Not just to Naomi. So she pledged to Naomi, to her people, and to her God. Look at her commitment in three ways with, with her in-laws. I'm glad that my in-laws not here today. Them is like, okay, how about you, Nazish? In, in a Pakistani culture. So as a foreigner and at a widow with no property, will she find welcome support for this commitment? That is a re reasonable question here. But it's look like with faith and the trust, she just made a pledge. Will there be uh, ways in, in economic and social structure for her and new homeland, for her to find security for Naomi and her future well-being? All these questions are very, very valid. I wish I could go back and find Ruth and ask her that question. What made her, what, what made her to make that commitment? And let's not forget about a third woman here, Arpa, I was actually thinking, wow. And this is how I heard all that, but today, learning about Ruth, I was able to think of that Arpa, she listened to her mother-in-law. She listened to her elders. And, I mean, we can argue differently, or, or maybe a first thought comes in our mind that, oh, yeah, mother-in-law said, and she went. She left her. But there is a point that she listened to her elder and does the reasonable safer think instead of Ruth. I'm not saying, and or we are not working or trying to find out what is wrong and what is right. There is no wrong and right in this story because both women, they were given a choice and they use their own mind, their heart, whatever they believe. And it is a perfect example of a free will here, or a choice. Third and last thing. What was Ruth's reward? 
after her commitment with Naomi, with her people, and with God, she became the wife of Boaz, who was the cousin of, of that family, if I am not wrong. And she was rewarded to be the great-grandmother of King David. And you know what is Ruth means? It means satisfied. And what I am thinking and, and bringing it with you today, a thought that she was not satisfied in Moab. She was satisfied with her commitment with Naomi, with her people, and God. Or we can put it in a different order. Like, oh, she was committed with God because she knew she, she found God in that relationship. And then... She made a commitment with Naomi after her husband died and with her people. My friends, many of us, we try to find our satisfaction in different ways or in different things. But Ruth's selfless love and her commitment gives us an idea for us having a commitment with God and with our people or in our family or in our family unit or in our setting, whether it is with God, with, with your partner, with your home, or with your congregation. Let's see our call today to be faithful with God and, with, and in relationship with each other. Being the disciples of Christ, let's be available to others with loyalty and with love. This is the good news of the Bible. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and respond in the response of the word. God, your word invites us to bathe in water 
of compassion and love. Christ's example urged us to clothe ourselves in justice and righteousness. The Spirit's power inspires us to abide in mercy and grace. Thank for your word to us this day. Amen. Amen. In Philippians, Paul invites us to make our requests known to God, but we are also invited to offer our gifts to God. Having been led by still waters, cared for as we walked through the darkest valley, anointed with oil, with our cup overflowing, it is our turn to turn to God in thanks. Let us offer our gifts to God with gratitude and praise.
Creator, we dedicate ourselves to this kind of community, a generous community, a giving community, sharing of itself that others might belong to the reign of justice and love. Hear us as we dedicate ourselves. Amen. This brings us to the sharing of the joys and concerns. Let's start out with the best joy today. The best joy is happy birthday to Joanne Wagner, special birthday. Let's sing. Wow, you make Lindy look fantastic. <laughs> Are there any other birthdays this past week or coming up? Well, but we do have a special anniversary wish for Bev and Don Montgomery, number 65. Another wow from me. <laughs> That's a lot of shared history, Bev. Fantastic. It's a time to share and lift up each other in God's hand. And you know what? This is my favorite part. Because I feel in that moment we pour out our heart with each other. And God is already here and listening. So let's get together and in one faith, we lift up all these joys and concerns. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for the two joys we heard this morning for your grace for 90 years, we are thankful to you for her life and all those times when you were with Miss Wagner. And Lord, I am also thankful to you for the couple, and you know how bad I am remembering names, but you know who we are lifting up in our prayer for all that commitment and the love and loyalty they experienced with each other and with you. We pray that they continue experience with each other and with you, God. We are thankful to you for this opportunity that through 
Ruth's character, we were able to refresh and think of our own commitment with you, God. And thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, which I forget to mention and to focus in our sermon today that his commitment with you, O Lord, is the wonderful gift to us that we were able to come to you anytime with freedom that you have given your life for our sins. Help us to portray and serve, portray your commitment in our life and serve others with love and your grace. Lord, with heavy heart, and also let me not forget, forget about Megan, who are able to walk. We are thankful to you for that grace and that strength you have given to her legs and feet. And we ask you to continue that grace with her. And yes, Lord, with one faith, we also lift up family of Marianne and, and her family. And we pray that the Christ's healing hands be upon that family. And for all the wounds which are hurting physically and emotionally or maybe spiritually. That Marianne and her family will experience your presence with them as Jesus Christ, you said to your disciples that I am with you always. We pray that let them experience your touch and your presence in their pain. Lord, I also lift up Deb in our prayers and in our thoughts that when her body is, is in a process and preparing to depart from this world to another side. And she is experiencing pain. Lord, we pray that you hold her hand. And be with her in, in her pain. And I pray that the morphine, which is going in her body, will numb that pain and she won't feel it. And the family who has experienced this, and yes, we know it is painful and it is hard to watch your loved one to be in pain and when you cannot take their pain, it's awful. Lord, I pray that you be with Deb family as well. And help them to experience the warmth of your love. And we pray all this.
prayer that we said loud and in our heart with the prayer your son Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you're comfortable, please rise. Sing our final hymn, number 726. Will you come and follow me? Verses 1, 2, 4, and 5.
God's servant Ruth showed great love when she clung to Naomi. Therefore, I charge you to go forth into the world, delivered great compassion, love, loyalty, and turn to God in your need. <laughs> 